Recorded live. Hey everybody, this is Gus. It's uh, May 12, 2018. This is episode 121 on Word Nerds, on uh, Common Law Word Nerds. The call ID number is 134084. We have JC and the Shaman on tonight again. The reason I started these calls up again is uh, specifically because uh, just had some, some new information to uh, share. Hadn't had a whole lot of that in the last couple of years. And uh, JC and the Shaman got a hold of me, and it's great to um, to be working with them. And, and we do spend a lot of time working together and talking during the week. And I'm learning a lot of stuff, and uh, they were willing to come on and I'm really being distracted by what's going on on the board. If you guys can't be cool with each other, uh, I'm just going to mute you right out. So knock that shit off. So uh, anyway, it's good that uh, everybody's here. I'm going to ask everybody to mute themselves out, star six. If I happen to mute you out during the call and forget to unmute you, because I've heard some background noise or something, just hit star eight and I'll unmute you. at the beginning, what I'm going to try to do is, um, well, what we're what we're going to do is cover a, a specific outline, which I'm going to put the link to. It's uh, on Word Nerds in the left-hand column, uh, not Word Nerds, uh, Redress for Dummies on the website. I'll put a link up, and it's the outline of what we're going to be covering tonight. And after we get through that outline, we're going to have a Q&A uh, period, and you can just put your hand up, ask questions. And then we'll go on from there. And we're going to try to keep that format from now on. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to JC and, and the Shaman and um, ask them to give us whatever, you know, any rules of engagement or whatever as far as Q&A or how they, they want to proceed with these calls. And um, basically, I'm, I'm here to support them. Uh, donations, by the way, on my website, whatever I get from, from this day forward is going to be forwarded to JC and the Shaman. So uh, just just know that whatever you guys send out is going to go to them. And they've asked me to stay in the middle for now as far as communications. So if you want to get a hold of them, you can email me at grayersk at gmail.com. And that Gmail is also on the website under uh, about Gus Breton. Uh, that's me. So, with, without further delay, uh, here's JC and the Shaman. What's up, guys? How you doing tonight? Uh, well, I guess everybody's muted, but I hope you're all well. Um, the Saturday show, of course, there's J- JC, if you want to say hi, JC. Hello, everybody. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, First, we just want to thank everybody for spending your Saturday with us. Um, you know, originally, we weren't going to start doing a Saturday show, but, of course, we help a lot of people. And uh, there's just some, some aspects <clears throat> of things that we think are important that people aren't really grasping. Not everybody, of course. You know, never, Everybody's not at the same level. Some people have never heard any of this before. Some people are right up there where we're at as far as learning and, and uh teaching others and moving in court. But uh, we have seen a lot of people struggling with things. And, you know, we talked about it at uh, at nauseum about what, what could we do. You know, again, not that we have all the answers, but what could we do to help people get a, a broader understanding of what's going on and why? And, of course, 
everybody has their own beliefs, uh, beliefs about uh, the creator, God, whatever you want to call him. And, uh, but most people have, you know, pretty much a Judeo-Christian value. That's kind of where I come from. Uh, you know, JC, for the most part, comes from that point of view, and we agree pretty much the same with some uh, some differences. But so tonight, you know, we're going to be spending Saturdays kind of giving the why of law and how those things tie back in, especially in this country, because, you know, it was founded under the premise of a Judeo-Christian uh, set of values of that time period and what people came here for and what they came to do. Um, so that's really the perspective that we're going to be coming at it from. So I hope that you guys enjoy the lesson. Uh, it's posted up on Gus's redress for dummies. Is it .org now, Gus, I think? Yeah, and just so that everybody uh, knows and it's kind of clear, and um, Gus is, uh, I guess it's a, like a blog channel or a blog site. Is that right, Gus? Yeah, the uh, redressfordummies.org. If you go there on the left <coughs> column, you'll see uh, a study guide. And that if you click on the month for today, uh, today is May 12. So if you click on May 2018, it'll give you a drop-down menu, and you just pick today's date. And what we're talking about, the outline for tonight, is on that page. I'm going to give you a link directly to that page uh, right now in, in the chat grabber, in the uh, chat for this for this call. So if you're on your computer, you can see it. And uh, otherwise, you can tune in tomorrow and, and use chatgrabber.com to download the, uh, the the messages, and you'll see the link there as well. Yeah, and just so that everybody knows uh, what's kind of coming is that we're, for the most part, probably going to start putting up stuff uh, so that people can go back and kind of have some type of outline, some type of uh, demonstration to follow while, uh, while we're spreading some of these ideas to give them more sensory input. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, because we're going to actually be working with paperwork and giving you guys example of how to write papers and how to uh, hold yourself at court and things of that nature, getting to the really getting to the nuts and bolts of what, I mean, that's what most people are searching for. You know, they get there and there's a lot of other things that tend to take over and they don't understand a lot of aspects of it. And what we really wish to do is just make it as simple as possible. Um so that you guys start having some success and you start getting more unified, more knowledgeable. And then, you know, you guys may end up teaching us something one day. So, um, and then after I'm getting ready to go over a short lesson plan and mine is from the Bible, but it ties into court. I'm going to show you just how, how cool the creator is and how simple it is to establish a court without even most people ever noticing it. And uh, But afterwards, we were going to do some practical applications with some terms and definitions and uh, different aspects of law, uh, privileges, liberties, persons, personas, and just a whole, just a plethora of other things that will attach to this that will help you when you're going into a court situation. 
So if everybody's cool with the uh, introduction there, <clears throat> I might be a little rocky for a second, but I'll get into a groove. But what I'm going to talk about is, I don't know how many people are familiar, but uh, the story in the Bible about the woman that was caught in adultery. It's in the book of John, chapter 8. This is, this is a, a cool story. I'm sure it wasn't very cool for her. But there's all kinds of nuggets in this story. And if you guys don't mind, I'm just going to kind of read from there. Um, last Saturday, we talked about where Jesus said, Woe unto you lawyers, you scribes, you Pharisees. So right out of the gate, um, I'd like to establish that the priest and the scribes of that day were actually lawyers. Uh, they were attorneys. And well, and I'd just like to throw in the scribes, if you think about it, were the ones who actually inscribed the statutes, the codes, the laws. You know, that's literally what the scribes of the day were. Sorry. So again, that was that Babylonian legal code that they brought back over, and they overlaid on God's law, which pissed Christ off so much and upset them. And it was just enslaving the people, and it was robbing them of all of their wealth, and they were centralizing the power in the temple, which it was supposed to be, but it was a titular leadership. Titular means they had no real – they was in name only. Like, you're, if you're a titular ruler, you're not like uh, – you know, a general or a Trump guy that can come in and just order people around. Basically, you were just a servant of man. Um, it, the government that Christ created or God created on the planet was designed to serve man, not rule him. God is the king. Man is the servant. Um, so we're actually a trustee of everything that God gave us. Not the, You know, we do have benefits, but we're technically a servant or a trustee. So... Uh, check this out. This is a cool story. So it says, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came to the temple, and all the people came to him and sat down, and he taught them. And then the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now think about that. She literally was caught doing it. And it's, it's kind of, I wonder where the man is. Because if a woman's in adultery, the man automatically is. So it's kind of interesting that they didn't bring this guy. But keep in mind, Jesus is the word. Jesus is the law. He's the lawgiver. So they're bringing this woman to him, and these attorneys are literally trying to trip up the creator of the very law that they're trying to bring to him, which I think is just hilarious. It says, now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. Uh, what do you say? And it says that they were tempting him, that they might be able to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and rode in the ground as though he didn't hear him. So when they continued asking him, he lifted himself up and said, He was without sin, let him cast the stone at her. And again he stooped down and rode into the ground. And then they heard it being convicted of their own conscience. They went out one by one, beginning with the eldest, even unto the last. Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the mist. And when Christ, when Jesus had lifted himself, he saw the woman, no one but the woman, and he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And he said, Then neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now there's a couple nuggets in here. Now I'll get to the accuser part, which is going to be important at court. First of all, these lawyers brought this woman to Jesus and called him master. So they brought him before her, and they opened court right there. 
right there in the middle of that, wherever they were all at, right there, they opened up a court of law, an ecclesiastical court, the highest court in the land. And it's interesting that they appointed Christ the judge. Okay, so if he's the judge, he's obviously also Yahweh. And they bring this woman, and the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He appears before the throne night and day, accusing the brethren. And, uh, of course, if you're redeemed, that doesn't have any effect on you. But here's this woman in a time where morals actually were pretty strong. And, I mean, the sentence was death. I mean, this is, this is pretty heavy, man. I mean, she's in, a, she's in a jam. And they bring her to the guy who's like the best of the best of the best of the best. And he just asks a simple question. Where's your accuser? She said, I don't have none. He said, okay, I can't, you know, I don't condemn you, which means he's the judge that he could condemn her. Um, so to me, it's very important to understand, again, ecclesiastical law. That's the highest law in the land. And we're going to talk about that after this little segment here about this. Uh, Christ is the only judge, being Yahweh. Obviously, he's the only one that can forgive sin. And, it, and you know, again, he's the law. And uh, he points out their sin, also reminding them that only he can truly justly judge. You know, man's not meant to judge. Man's meant to be a fruit inspector, but not a judge. You, you can't judge the heart of a man. You don't know it. And, uh, and the accuser thing, <clears throat> excuse me, this accuser thing is pretty much the basis of almost everything that we're doing. If you don't do harm to your fellow man, and you go to court, and you know how to hold yourself. A simple question of, says who? Who says, I did them wrong? Is there a man or woman that's going to come forth, take the stand, and swear under oath of affirmation that I've caused them harm, injury, or loss? Is there an accuser? With no accuser, guys, there's no case. There's no case against man. I said against man, not person. Persons can be charged with all kinds of things. So they charged this woman, but without an accuser, he said, woman. He didn't call her a person. He said, woman, where is your accuser? So <clears throat> I want to read something to you guys also. It's in the same chapter, chapter 8, verses 21 through 24. It's a cool nugget. It says, I say unto you, that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am, I am. So he says, if you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins. I am the great I am. He's the creator. And he said unto them, who art thou? And he said, Jesus said unto them, even the same I say unto you from the beginning. So right there he's saying that they only have another one here. Just give me just a second. And Jesus said, this is down in verse 31. Jesus said unto those Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, the law, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And if the Son shall set you free, you're free indeed. So if you want freedom, you got to know the law, guys, because Jesus is the law. But there's another section in here where he's talking about I have it right here. Hold on a second. I'll find it here in a second. Anyway, he says, I'm not of this world. You're of this world, 
but I'm not of this world. So what he's what he's saying, it's in the same book. You can just read the chapter of John. I'm just getting scattered a little bit. But <clears throat> he's talking about two different kingdoms, guys. He is holding a court in his world under his law, and this woman is bound by it. And these other people, no government official, no member of the temple, nobody had any jurisdiction over her. But she had to be a woman. She had to be in the world. She had to be or in his world, not the world of man. Um, a big part, in my opinion, and the opinion of many others, a lot of people, the reason that this, this legal system is dominating mankind so thoroughly is because mankind has grown godless. They're moving away from God's law. They, you know, they don't want God. They, you know, you could say they don't want God in schools. They don't want God on the radio. They don't want God on TV and movies. We don't want to pray anymore. The families are tearing apart. Uh, the family structure. People don't know how to be friends anymore. They don't know how to be socially active. Uh, there's not a lot of community helping uh, anymore. But all of those things are kind of symptoms of godlessness. And then. You know, they, they, they sign on to all these adhesive contracts or agreements, driver's licenses, social security accounts, all these different things that are over here in this other kingdom called government. And uh, they're choosing, making a, an active choice to stay over there in that world because maybe they think that the kingdom of heaven is goofy or funny or a bummer you can't do this you can't it's full of i can't and i don't you won't and you better not but in reality you know about two weeks ago on a show jc said hey the law is a gift it's a gift to us for everybody and it's not something that we wrote or created this is literally the essence of god and everything he is yahweh gave us the word and the law, which is Christ, so that we would know how to live in, in purity and harmony and love, and we wouldn't have all these things called wars or tyranny or lawlessness or godlessness or pain or child abductions or sex trafficking or just murders. The closer we get to the law and the understanding of it, the more, you know, it's kind of like my right end where yours begin. You know, that's... you. You know how to respect, you have self-respect, and then you grow in understanding and self-respect of your fellow man. Like, since you have rights you wish to be upheld, you know, your neighbor's rights are just as important as yours, and you wish to start upholding theirs. So this, this other kingdom is incredibly important, and it's a major choice. And what happens if you don't choose it? Well, you got to choose one kingdom or the other. I mean, you know, or you could say, you know, rush in a... In a in the song Rush called Free Will, if you choose not to decide, you've still made a choice. Sooner or later, you're going to have to face this decision. You're going to get pulled over. You, you, the government's going to become more tyrannical if we don't wise up and get everybody educated. There's going to come a time you've got to choose a side. And if, you don't, if we don't understand the foundations of that choice, it's quite, quite probable that we'll make the wrong decision, you know, because I don't think, you know, it's going to be few of us. I mean, there's few of us out here who care to spend our time on the phone on a Saturday night wanting to learn law and wanting to learn how to be a better man or woman. 
you know, so that's a that's a rare thing in the world. So uh, that's what the whole basically the whole chapter of John is dealing, uh, chapter eight of John is dealing with. And I made a note in chapter nine, verse thirty-eight. Hold on one sec. Oh, and this is just an added little bonus because. Jesus is God. It says, and he said, Lord, I believe, and they fell down and worshipped him. And he he accepted worship. That was just a, a sig- significant thing for me. But anyway, um, the message tonight for me, this little Bible message, is short. It's uh, not very complicated. Basically, if we want to start having success as a community, and we want to have a success in understanding of the law, and our rights and how to act in court. You know, God writes the law in your heart, guys. When you go to court, he will literally speak for you if you're his child. I mean, he literally did that for me on a federal issue that I had and turned three years around in three hours. Um, Just complete reversal. And it was because I completely trusted him and what I knew was right in my heart. And I decided no matter what I was going to do, didn't matter. I didn't care if they killed me at that time. And I, I mean that with all my heart. It didn't matter. I was standing where I was going to stand, and everything else was a second thought. Um, and I went at complete peace. And when I went up there and uh, dealt with the court, what I needed to say was said, and nobody was upset. There was no anger. The whole mood, the atmosphere of the court changed from the first time I had went there, and it was because I chose the kingdom that I was going to be in, and that was it, and that's where I drew my line. And I think nowadays <clears throat> the line has gotten so blurred and so gray, and that relative belief has cre- crept in in an inappropriate way that it's decimating the truth of God. And and by saying that, what I'm saying is if he took the time to make one plus one two, gravity, the way the human body works, the way the solar system works, the way the planet works, all these perfectly aligned things that have to work a certain way, I think it's pretty could somebody mute themselves please? There's a lot of banging and feedback. Um if he took the time to do that I dare say that he took the time to make spiritual laws that were just as definitive and just as absolute and just as detrimental. I mean, more so, right? Our souls matter far more than our flesh does because the soul is eternal and the flesh, what, you're going to be here maybe 100 years max? So I I don't think he's going to put more effort and law into a temporal existence than the next one that we go to that we completely go into another dimension and and exist. Um, so basically the message tonight would be if there's no accuser, there's no case. And court is 365, 24-7, and it's wherever you're at. Your court of record is always in session, your court. Um, I'm not talking about administrative courts. I'm talking about the court of man or woman. And when you know how to live and operate and you understand the creator in a way that gives you power to, to understand law and how to operate within that law. And listen, guys, 
I don't know if there's any scoffers on here, but I'm telling you right now, dude, my case was thick. I stood to lose everything I ever worked for, including my family. And I am telling you right now that the creator of this universe changed that around in three hours. He did that because I put my faith in him, and he doesn't lie. So it's very, and, and the reason all that was able to flow out of me is because it was in my heart. It's really who I am. This law thing is important to us. Um, I'm sure it is to everybody on the phone. I don't mean to imply it's not. But JC and I spend a better part of 75% of our existence doing this. This is what we do. You know, usually when we get on the phone with your guys, we're on the phone till 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning helping people because um, it matters. Because if we don't help them, guys, they're going to take the courts away from us. They're going to take the law away. They're going to hide it under uh, a bushel. And then the only way they can keep that up is to become violent. So literally, we're trying to establish peace and safety for our families and yours. And I'm sure that's what you guys probably are thinking, too. That's why you're on the call. So, you know, the Saturday call, again, is to explain to you where the law comes from and why it exists so that we know better how to apply it. And then Wednesdays, we can go on and show you how to apply it in the safest, most effective way. Um, so I just want to say thanks for listening to that. I hope I didn't drag it out too much. It was really a short message, but it's a very important one. Make a choice. Ask for the accuser. Pick a side. And everything you do, and love and respect for all that of mankind. So with that, uh, I think we'd like to move on to the second part of the show. If Gus wants to go ahead and post that outline, uh, we can talk for a few minutes here. But we're going to put right. an outline up on the same have, uh, website. I have a question or a statement. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Hey, uh, you're talking about uh, on Wednesdays or whatever, we can find out, you know, how to apply the law and and, and stuff. And uh, I think I want to take a step back and ask you what you think, and maybe Gus also. This is phase one, by the way, Gus. Um, does man-made law apply to you? Man-made? Is that what you law. said? Does man-made law? That's, that's the only collective law that we know, correct? No. It's not the only collective law we know. Uh, what, what is the other one? The law of God. Well, but that's an individual relationship, correct? Or, or does your God apply its law to me? Well, you can call them what you wish, but here's here's a way you can think of it. Does your body function without your uh, without you having to think about it? If if you were not here, would my, would my body function? If you're if you and your God were not here, would yeah, of course it would. Now, so what I'm saying is that your relationship with your uh, and what, let's just call it God, just for simple matters. Um, okay, it's, it's, it's individual. You know, cause maybe my my God, my belief uh, d- does not affect you. However, man-made law, this collectivism, we got to come together and learn how to apply the law in court. And you know, as man, you know, we all got to come together. Now, at what point does man-made law that you you may or may not believe?
believe apply to you? That was my question. Does it apply to you? Well, honestly, I think that we're about to go in to some of that stuff. Yeah, but let me answer them. Okay. It can apply if I choose to contract with that. And there are man-made laws that may or may not apply to me, i.e. taxes, certain types of taxes. A driver's does license. Man, I don't have to. Hold on. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Very simple. You going to let me answer you? I have let me answer you. A one-word answer. A one-word answer. I'm not going to give you. What are you talking? You didn't ask me a one-word question. Does man-made law apply to you? Sometimes. So if I make a law, does it apply to you? I'm a man. Sometimes. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, now I'll afford you the, the opportunity to, you know, to tell me when and how and who, what, when, where my law applies to you. Go ahead. If I contract with you, if I consent to agree to whatever law you create, law is just contracts, mm-hmm. dude. That's all it is. You okay. create a contract, so, and I agree to it, and if I don't agree to it, then hold on, dude. You cannot at- mute him. But you're right. You're, you're correct. But that's private. Be polite. Be polite. Right. That is. You're absolutely right. That's that's private law. And what is the law of the United States? Is that not private? Aren't they a company? No, it's public law. It can be. It becomes that. Listen, listen. It becomes that. Congress legislation is public law. Hey, it becomes that, but you have to contract in. That's a private decision. If yeah. you don't contract in, it doesn't apply to you. And so it is not a blanket. Quite technically, it's actually public policy. It's not yeah. public law. Yeah, there's no, there isn't a law with them. It's just well, legislative. Yeah, yeah, it's public policy. It's it's administrative codes and administrative procedures. There's absolutely nothing to do with law in there. And see, and the other thing is, is you're trying, you're taking 14 different brands of fruit and vegetables and you're blending them all together and asking me to pick the red one. That's not a, that's not even fair how you're presenting it. I'm telling you right now, there are God's laws that apply to you, whether you want them to or not. Go jump off a cliff and tell me if you fly. And I'll tell you how my God affects your life. But now you can make a driver's license legislation that doesn't apply to me. Right? I'm sorry. As man, first of all, we we don't make laws for each other, except for exactly what you said is your my rights end exactly where yours begin, and there's no written law about that. You know that that's I guess you could say common law, respect that that keeps it. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah, yeah, it's just natural law, right? Now, so when I say does man-made law, of course, uh, I thought you you might know I'm, I'm referring to these. Uh, the elected representatives that other suckers vote for, do the laws mm-hmm. that they make apply to you and I? That's my hey, main hey, And I answered, hey, and I hey, answered hey, you three times, wait, sometimes. Wait, wait. I got a really good answer wait. for this part. Okay? Have you ever heard of taxation without representation? Have you ever heard that phrase before? Uh, no. What does it mean? You've never heard the phrase taxation without representation because it was a huge thing in the Revolutionary War. Matter of fact, it caused the Revolutionary War. So one of the major causes. You apply that same theory, all right? And I'm going to teach you something pretty cool right here. 
but you apply that same theory. Now, if you can't get taxed without being represented, what happens when you giving that power and that authority to the representative? Didn't didn't that whole um, episode apply to businesses? It was more of a let's say a commercial construct that wasn't being protected by the so-called king, but yet being taxed. And I, as far as I know, I'm not a, a business just walking around. I could start a business, right? I could do that. Well, and I mean, yet, actually, yes, then I, then actually I they, they pretty much tricked everybody into being a business, yeah. Okay. Not really tricked. Not really tricked. But, you know, if I... To, to deal hey, you're with making the way public. more to, to complicated than it has to be, man. Hey, yeah. to deal, it, to deal with if all you can't, if you can't get taxed without representation, can they write laws over you without you giving them that power and authority? Yes or no? It's a yes or no answer. I, I'm not concerned about that because I don't live my life. Okay, then you don't even understand your own question then. Hey, no, just hold on. Let me just say something. Hold on. No, just hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna. I wanna. I wanna. I'm just gonna put it this way, and then we're gonna move on. Their Declaration of Independence, the one you're implying applies to me, even though it does not. I never states, said that. Right? I'm putting words my well, That's a man's. That's what most people consider to be man's law. So it's just a let me finish. It's not law. Let me. Fin- I get it, dude. I didn't say. What did I say? Most people consider that their law. It's not. At all, I agree with you. Right there in that declaration, you know, the people that got pissed about taxation without representation, which absolutely applies to the question you asked, stated in their own declaration that the power, the just powers of the government are derived from what? The consent of the governed. If I don't consent, they have no power over me other than putting a gun to my head and blowing my brains out. So can man's laws, or quote what you're calling man's law, which are just administrative acts, apply to me? Sure. I go down and I sign something that I wish to participate or benefit from that social contract? Sure. It could apply to me, but it has to be by consent. And if I remove my consent, it absolutely does not apply to me. Now, have you consented at any time in your life? Have you gone down to any government office since you've been 18 or whenever we normally get compelled to go to these offices, have you ever done that? Sure. Me too, right? We're on the same team here. Okay. Now, when we went down there, did we, if we can remember back, uh, did we fill out some kind of form? We we put our hand to paper, right? It's just paper, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, to... Now, let's say we live uh, a bunch of our life, 20 years under that, and we believe, oh, yeah, that's the system. That's how it works. Oh, this is the freest country in the world. It's being subjugated our whole life. Yay. It's great. But then we realize, like you said, we all come out here on a Saturday night to realize, hmm, something's not right. Okay. How Mm -hmm. How do you back out of that system that you, and when I say you, I mean me, created? It was not forced upon us, right? We voluntarily walked into these offices. Yeah, you consented. You're absolutely right. 
That's right. How do we take back our consent honorably, honorably, legally, if they wish to use that word? Uh, One word, rescission. Hey, hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah. Let him finish. uh, But let me, let him finish. How do we take take back our consent? You just remove your consent through rescission, just like that guy just said. You just say, I don't want to play anymore. Have a great day. No, no, no. See, that's why I disagree. Because we walked in and filled out one of their forms. And being a free government, free and open, right, that's all we're told. It's a free and open government. You can choose to participate, voluntary compliance, all this shit, right? If we walked in and filled out one of their forms to apply, don't you think that a free and open government would also offer a form to back out? If you fill out their form, you're still in their form, dude. That doesn't make any sense. I don't think that they would offer a form to back out because that would be them admitting to what's actually going on. Yeah. Actually, you know what? He's right because the Department of Motor Vehicles has this form that allows you to cancel your, your, your application and all that stuff. I filled one out. I swear to God, I made mistakes, right? This is great. He he makes a great point. Good job, Chase One. Which which state? Cali. Yeah. That's interesting. California is more liberal than most states, so yeah, like, they might have. Them. Yeah, they might have. I'd have to see there, it, but I've never seen anything like that. I'd have to see yeah, that form it, too. It's. Oh, it, it's it's real. I uh, I, I didn't. Know, I'm not I, I saying that. Answer. I just have to see how it's worded. What they see? Because I actually, <clears throat> what I did was I called them and I asked them. I said, "Hey, can I? I want to cancel this." They said they need. They required me to fill out this form, either that, or and <clears throat> and turn in the the license to them. Give them back the plastic piece. The card. Can you, you look know? that up and post that link on the board? Sure. For everybody to look at. Okay. Yeah. What we're gonna do though, basically, dude, the question you ask is sometimes. And as soon as I remove consent, it doesn't apply. And they're not laws. They're, they're code statutes. And they, they're written for the legal society and the government. They have nothing to do with man. So with that, Gus, we're going to move on. So, JC, let's go to our second part. Um, I think you, kinda, yeah. you had something on your heart, so you wanted to kind of take the lead on it. So if you want to take the lead. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the uh, Bible lesson. The, uh, Thanks for the question. That second link, the uh, the second document that you guys uh, wanted me to put on the website is up. So if you're on the call, use that same link, and you'll see the the one that JC is about to talk about. Um, and if right. you're already on that page, you can probably refresh, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, JC. Something. I wanted to say was uh, I ran across this case that's going on in Florida right now uh, in Jacksonville uh, dealing with uh, John O'Furman, I believe. And so I I think uh, some people should look into what's going on. Basically, uh, they have taken her kids on a fraud, and because they took her kids before, she had another child, and the state came and took the other child. So, hearing stories like that, my heart goes out to them. And uh, what the state can do 
to cover its own self sometimes. Anyways, speaking. Did you tell them that they, they removed her? They said she could not be a mother for the rest of her life. Yeah, they, she could be 40 years old and have a child, and they said they're going to remove the child by force. What? Yeah, there's a new statute that they enacted in Florida in 2014, so she's been fighting this for a minute. And yes, it's getting that insane. And if that doesn't, if that doesn't startle you, I don't know what will, because that is literally going back to old school, early 1900 eugenics, which led to the creation and belief of Adolf Hitler. Literally. He got all of his beliefs from the eugenics movement of the United States. What, is she, being accu- what is she being accused of that would cause well, them to try to take that kind of severe action against her? It's it's ridiculous, but you really you're going to need. We don't have the time to spend on the case on here. Right. You just need to go look at it on Facebook. Um, Can you tell me that name again? Because I didn't quite understand, J.P. It's uh, Jonna. It's J-O-H-N-N-A, I believe. Joanna. Um, And then uh, Furman, F-U-R-M-A-N. Okay. She's on Facebook. I'll try to link you that as well later. Okay, appreciate that, man. But basically what happened was she got into a car accident and was administered like she, uh, her first child was when she was 17. So she was a young single mother, Uh, you know, protective services got called on her a couple of times, as I could imagine could happen with young mothers that don't have a lot of help. And, um, Then she got into a car accident while she was pregnant, and because the doctors did not administer to the child fairly quickly, and they gave her opiates when she came in, they ended up saying that she had drugs in her system that were not in her system and not in the child's system, and the child ended up dying. Uh, So they were trying to cover their tracks, and that's why they took away all parental rights. And that, that's what happens when you consent to man's kingdom. That's the reward and the benefit that you can face because they make a mistake. Um, yeah, I mean, she even had the proof, took it to her attorney, you know, said, look here, right there in their own documents that says this and this. Basically, he also whether he's ignorant of it or whether he's uh, acting in collusion. He said quite simply that they don't have remedy. There's nothing she can do, even though they made an error and they know it. A judge's hands are tied, and he can't do anything about it. Yeah, and regardless, the attorney can't do anything about it because he is bound and has sworn an allegiance to that society. Like, he cannot act outside of statutes at all. Because his God will destroy him. Literally. They'll take his bar license. So even if you had an attorney which was wanting to act uh, properly in a situation like that, the system is geared to be, you know, there's a necessary and proper clause in the Constitution that pretty much applies across the board. If it's necessary and proper for them to survive something, they're going to do whatever they wish with their property. I was going to say the attorney tried to do that, and he wouldn't make it to the next court date, probably. 
it's it's horrific. But you know, it's like she said, she doesn't have any money. What's she gonna do? Oh, she's the perfect prey. But this is where see, this is where the real power comes in. This is where people like us all join together and love, and people go around there and surround that woman, teach her law, and help her get her freaking life back. This is the kind of power learning the law can do. Like, man, you can, I mean, that situation is one of 12 horrible things that we're dealing with, JC and I and Gus is uh, on some of them with us. That's the kind of thing you can turn around. I mean, that's the, I mean, think about how freaking awesome that is to be able to have the knowledge to be able to walk into that and turn it back around. But you can only do it as a man or a woman. Yeah, if you're a person, forget it. With that, uh, on the second document that was created this evening, it has Creator, Yahweh, and God. So basically, here's the way that the level of rights kind of work. So obviously, there's only one true sovereign of the universe, and that's the you know, one true father, the one true creator, Yahweh, God, whatever anybody wishes to call him. Um, And he basically creates mankind in his own image. So because mankind is created in his own image, he has God-given rights, like the creator, the one true sovereign of the universe, gives man God-given rights. Okay, so rights don't come from a constitution. They don't come from a piece of paper. They don't come from a legislature. They don't come from an executor. They don't come from any of that. They come from the one true sovereign, which is God. And because they're, they come from God, you know, nature tells us what rights are. Okay, so we can look in nature and how we interact with uh, with people around us, with our family members, how people around us interact with each other. And that's where we determine where our rights are, uh, you know, in society. That's, that's natural rights. That's the law of nature. And so basically with God-given rights and natural rights, the law of nature... When we actually go into a courtroom, we can exercise sovereign rights because our rights were given to us, endowed to us by our Creator, by our by our Lord, by our God. Um, and <clears throat> so, basically, there's two types of kingdoms in a court, and one is the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of man. It's you know, going before Christ rather than going before, for lack of any better term, a devil. Um, and that's, that's kind a perfect, of... That's a perfect term. Because <laughs> <laughs> he says in the Bible, you're either of your father the devil or you're of his father. There's no middle ground. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> You know, like, uh, there's a difference between being a sovereign and having sovereign rights. Um, 
And I would say the best way to describe that is government projects sovereignty, okay? And they project it through force and ruling other men, other people, okay? The kingdom of heaven, no man or woman can project any type of sovereignty over someone else. Because every other man and woman has the exact same sovereign rights as you hold inside of yourself. All men are created equal. Do you want to expound on that anymore? I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, really. I mean, it's just... uh... How could you, if you're not the creator, how could you possibly have more power than the creator? And if you're part of the same creation, you know, you can, you're going to have to be on the same level. The only time I can think that there would be an exception to that would be like you can walk anywhere on the planet you wish except on my toe. And the second you step on my toe, my rights override yours. My right to have my toe free from the pain of you standing on it, uh, override your right to move freely wherever you wish. So there really is kind of a a walking a different path, and that's why if California actually has some type of recension letter, recension document for a driver's license, I believe that's awesome. Uh, I've never seen anything like that. But in both worlds, even the kingdom of heaven, they're still persons. Um, They're just not legal persons. And I kind of touched on this a little bit on Wednesday, but you have persons like happy persons, you know, sad persons, upset persons, under duress persons, like feelings, each emotion is, quite properly the definition of a person because it's a personality, you know. And honestly, what the shaman and I are really trying to express is that you have to find the person of Christ within you if you believe that you're going to go into a court of law and pull something off. Like, you have to have the person of Christ within your heart, and you have to know who that is. So now everybody's very aware of what legal persons are. I don't think I need to go over that, but that's obviously the kingdom of the government, okay? So because everybody has a choice to bow to one sovereign or the other. You know, that's, that's a part of free will. You want to elaborate some on this, Sean? Um, just on one part, like, just like uh, evil people sometimes get away with things, there's always going to be an exception, but from personal experience, JC and I have helped people. I mean, spent exorbitant amount of time on the phone, starting from the most fundamentally basic idea of uh, 
law and the common law. Um, again, well, I, one of the reasons we're doing this show tonight on this is because we want to express what natural rights are to common law, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But if you there's a, there's a pretender imposter is really the best word. We've seen people they had all the right paperwork, they had all the right knowledge, they were even talking it to a degree, and they they got up, man, for court, and they were, okay, I'm going to do this, and they're pep talking, pep talking, pep talk, and they got into court, man, and they fell apart, and they couldn't remember anything. Some of that's fear. Um, there's no doubt. But at the same time, just from a personal experience with these people, they just didn't have it in their heart. You know, we can talk and talk and talk to someone, but if they don't understand basically who they are, how are they going to go in and convince a judge whose job is to throw you off in a courtroom? Like, how are you going to convince them of that if you don't know who you are? Um, And it's always a free will choice, but that's the only part I would expound on, Jason. Um. Yeah, I mean, and the shaman and I have kind of the thing that nobody makes their first jump. You know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like uh, jumping across the buildings in the movie The Matrix. And, um, you know, because it, it really is a, a mental exercise like that. And uh, speaking of, of mental exercises, I'd like to express a mental exercise. Everybody understands what I mean by mental. It's of the mind. It's of thought, like a mental exercise, an exercise in mind, thought. And uh, something happened to me today that I really wish to express with everyone. But, um, you know, everybody knows mental thought, mental expressions, mental power, right? Like everybody is very well versed with the term mental power, like the power of the mind, what you can do with the mind, the the emotions, the energy, emotions, emotions. And uh, so I knew that Google has been changing the way that they allow people to look things up on the internet, and they've been doing this for quite a while now, I've noticed. But I was actually looking at um, suffixes, and I was looking at the um, prefix and suffix dictionary that Gus has up on his website, and I looked for mint. And mint comes from uh, Latin mente, mentes, and uh, mens, which is of the mind. And, of course, mint is also like an action to be taken, like an experiment, or it's like a it's like a physical concrete thing like an ornament or cement. Um, but going on to Google and looking for a little bit, I couldn't find it when I was just typing in the meaning of mint suffix. And I literally typed in, you know, meaning mind. And of course the first couple of articles that come up are like Business Week or something like that, you know, some mainstream article that's basically saying, 
oh, does governments really mean controlling the mind, the mind control, because govern is like a natural order to things. And then mens comes from mente, mens, or mentis, which means of the mind. And that's the way that they're changing and they are fighting with the public, you know, so that anybody can look up on on Google, anybody that I go and tell now that mint means this thing, they're going to look up on Google and they're going to be like, no, it's just right here, man, because they're that uneducated. We're living in the time of smartphones with dumb people. That's very, very scary to me. So, uh, so, uh, anyways, like, I just wish to express that they're actively committing psychological warfare on people, and the education is the only way out. That's, that's a, if we don't get educated and we don't get people working together, it's not going to be any good. You care if I uh, say something, JC? No, go ahead, take it over. The, uh, I know it seems like maybe we're, we're really hitting on some basic stuff, and I promise you it just goes up from these points here from Wednesday and today. We're going to get more and more detail and more and more in-depth and better and better information, not that this information is bad. But, uh, you know, we've heard a lot of quote-unquote self-appointed gurus and people like that get on their talk shows and, and seen paperwork and all this, and, and you can say you're not a defendant, and you can say you're a man, but if you start defending yourself, in the way you approach the case, um, the way you approach the judge, even the way you approach yourself, then it doesn't matter what you write. So, again, we're not saying everybody thinks this way, but there is a big problem out there. Otherwise, we would be having more success, guys. So this is just the way we try to approach a problem. And even as fundamental as some of this sounds, JC and I exercise this all the time. When we start talking about an issue, we almost annoy each other with going back to the very founding, fundamental, all right, how do we approach this problem? Okay, the first issue is, are they a person? Oh, okay, and then we establish what kind of person are they? Uh, what did they write? And you, I mean, you literally have to approach these problems almost at the level of kindergarten and work your way up so that you're that thorough. Because a lot of times you go into it and you have some knowledge and some confidence, and, man, you'll breeze through something and overlook it, and it, and it's like one word can be significant. Like, let's eat grandma. Let's eat grandma. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, so some of it may be boring to some of you, but I do promise you if we're allowed to exist for years to come, we're going to get more and more informative. But if you look at the building blocks, what we're doing, we're laying a solid foundation because some of you are very learned. Some of you, I know a couple people on this call right now who have never listened to any of this before. So we're really trying to reach a broad stream of everybody. And um, secondly, what I'd like to bring up, and I don't know how many of you are aware of this, uh, it's been in the news, but there, you know, the feminist movement is trying to eradicate the word man or woman from the English language. And it sounds silly. Oh, yeah, they couldn't do that. But you look at what they do to kids in school. You know, they had a couple school shootings. Suddenly, there's a cop in every school. They have now effectively, for the past 20 years, taught all those kids in those schools a police state is necessary for their safety. 
they're getting the kids in there younger and younger, and they're conditioning these people to accept authority. Oh, you have to bow down to authority. If you don't, you don't get a treat. You don't get you don't get to go outside. Uh, you don't get to do this. And the thing of it is, if they get to eradicate the word man and and pretty much remove it from Google, remove it from a dictionary, um, guys, where where are people going to go? Because in legal land. If you don't use the word man, you've got no standing. It will literally enslave the entire, uh, all that of mankind. And what are they always arguing for? Human rights, human beings, humanitarians. Those are monsters. In law, human is disguised is the defined as a monster. They're literally creating an entire race of monsters. Maybe that's what these movies about zombies are all about. They're they're not they're dead, but they have no brains and they can't think for themselves. So uh, that's what they're doing. They're conditioning everybody, and if they remove the language, there's no hope for anybody getting out. And they and they can even act say they're acting in honor because you didn't put in the proper paperwork. So um, it's important. The education is these little boring mundane colons and semicolons and. All these little things are incredibly important in documents. Go ahead, JC. I just want to say that. I mean, I uh, 100% agree. And another thing is like, uh, I know we were talking about it earlier, and we didn't really hit on it. But the, you know, the, United Declaration of Rights, like that all the countries or most of them in the world have signed on to, they're human rights, and they're for humans. And if you look at the uh, Declaration of Rights for, you know, basically the world, and you look at Western cultures, uh, constitutions, there's one right that stands out and it's the right that everybody should fall on, um, and that is the right to to freedom of belief. Uh, everything that we're doing is basically talking about freedom of belief because you have the right to believe whatever you wish to believe, and you have the right to exercise that belief in public as well as in private. And when you're going into a court or a court of law, that's, exactly what you're doing. You're exercising your belief in public. Um, And it's just all about how to exercise that effectively. um, Another thing with Google missing information is I was actually helping somebody on something a couple of months ago, and I was trying to look up for them the verified complaint being something that has to be uh, part of the jurisdiction, like before they can move a lawsuit against you. And I know a little over a year and a half ago, I had to show somebody that qualification. It was pretty easy to look up online. And when I tried doing it, I guess back at the beginning of March, it really wasn't there. 
I mean, it was there, but you had to kind of show them through evidence of other things. So, but, uh, you know, I think that's probably about all we had to cover for the most part. Does anybody want, does anybody have any questions? If you're muted and you need me to unmute you, uh, hit star eight. I don't see anybody raising their hands. All right. I guess uh, thank you, everybody, for coming out. Yeah, I mean, thanks for spending Saturday with us. I mean, this this was a free forum if you guys wanted to ask. It didn't even necessarily have to be uh, a question that's associated with exactly what we dealt with tonight. If you you know if you want to ask something or put something up on the chat board for uh, to be asked. I mean, this is the time to do it, guys. We're we're ready to help anybody who wants to move forward, and we can probably answer bigger questions than what we talked about tonight. So, um, if you wish to do it, have at it. I got a quick question. Shoot. Going back to the gentleman who was talking about getting out of part of the system, uh, beginning with uh, you know the driver's license going to the DMV, filling out a paper, blah, blah. Can't you just get out of that by not renewing your driver's license? Doesn't that end it? Uh, like when it comes no. up for renewal, if you don't renew it, are you out? No. No, they just assume that you forgot, and they'll charge you fines and penalties. Oh, yeah, the thing about... Only if you go back to give the driver's license, right? Then those penalties would, because they don't they don't yeah. apply to you if you're not part of their system. If you go back to be part of the system again, I can see that they might impose certain penalties. But um, yeah, that's what he means. You guys? Yeah. How you doing? I, I let. Hold I let on a second. Hold minute. on. She, yeah. Okay. Hold on a second. She she wasn't done. Just hold on a Sorry, second. I, we love to hear okay, you. I just let you know I was back. I left. I came back. Okay, that's cool. You can, if you have a question, you can ask in just a second. No, uh, Florida, the uh, perfect law is always expressed, and they're always, they're always going to presume, assume that you wish to benefit, especially if you've already signed on to something. It's uh-huh. kind of, it's called, it's implied. You see what I'm saying? You're basically, it's implied consent. So um, that's going to be their position. So right. you have to literally express it, and you're going to want to do that with your own form. You, if you fill out a form, think about the phrase, fill, fill out this form. If you're filling out a form, you're literally pouring yourself into that form. You're taking on that form or the personality right. that exists on that form. Um, and you may, you may understand that, but I'm basically answering this for everybody too. Like when you fill out a form, it, it's – like even if I mean I'm not saying California doesn't I I agree with JC that's hilarious because if you fill out their form you're still in their form um it, it, you know what I'm saying you're just in another form you took on the form like you know they, I I was a vampire now I'm a, a jackrabbit now I'm a unicorn I mean you're still a legal person so if you're going to be man you're going to have to be what duly qualified we talk about this every week. 
duly qualified. You have to, you're going to have to be prepared to verbalize it if the time should uh, present itself. And then you make okay. it legal by taking that and putting it on paper. So you're going to have to fill out your form that you wish. Right. And you okay. would do that in your, yeah, you would handwrite that and you would rescind your signature and cons- you would withdraw your consent. Okay. All right, cool. And this sounds, this, this sounds really funny. You're literally ending your agreement with yourself. Because there is nobody on the other side. Yeah, you, yeah. You're not, there's nobody on the other side for you to sign with. You just you made an agreement with yourself. Huh. Yep. Wow. Okay, thank you. No, yeah, no problem. Thanks for the question. Can I? Uh, is it okay to uh, we'll speak? Yeah, man. Yeah. Have at it. Go ahead. Uh, guest six. This is guest sixteen. Uh, could you tell us what your name is, and then if somebody uh, the next you somebody can, else you can with call me Donaldson. Up. You may refer to oh. me as Donaldson. All right. Hey, Donaldson, there's going to be other people, so just, like, keep, get to your point. Like, ask your question. Just get to your point if you have a, a question. Okay, Bubba? Sure, I have, I have my question about how do you feel about uh, – there's a case known as Moore versus Irvis. I believe it's from, like, the 70s or something, 1970s. And this case uh, specifically dealt with uh, – like the this this bar right that had a bit license to do business and specifically uh some they refused service to somebody then that guy brought a suit against them for violating civil rights and because he claimed that in the suit because they had a business license there they were subject to the state's you know unit or you know the uh, civil you know violations laws or whatever civil law whatever mm-hmm civil rights law so basically the the court ruled that it was not a violation of the civil rights law because a license is not enough uh to create that type of jurisdiction to create state action is what it's called it's it's under the state action doctrine if you go do a google search on state action or i could just put something in the chat i've done a lot of research on what's donaldson what's the question i never said i had a question well, well the first question, the first question that I asked you was, how do you feel about, and then I, I made well, those so statements. The question. So how do you feel about those statements? Yeah, I guess that was my question. You're right. I was wrong. Thank you. So how do you feel about those statements that I just made? And, uh, yeah. Because, I mean, think about it. Moore versus Irvis? I mean, no, no, license, no, no, no In other words, having a license no. doesn't create jurisdiction, dude. And all you guys are thinking that? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It creates jurisdiction. Donaldson's it absolutely muted. creates jurisdiction. Uh, having a license creates jurisdiction, guys. I, and I'd have to read that case. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure JC would agree. It's it can't. It's impossible to make it. But I know this: you sign an agreement with them, and you get a license from the state. You're absolutely in their jurisdiction if you're using that license. Yeah, a license is something to do something unlawful, isn't it? Or Mm-mm. is it actually illegal? No. Yeah, it can be, I guess, but it's really illegal. Yeah, well, in a sense, would it make sense? You know, ask them, hey, what am I doing wrong? Well, yeah, but the way you phrased the question, and I'm, and I'm, you know, again, not having read, we haven't read the case, but it it really depends on 
if, you know, again, are you acting, you know, he's in there acting as the business owner under the license, okay? And the bar, he's absolutely bound by everything that's attached to that. He's not acting as a man at that time. Well, you might not yet. You could have a point there, actually. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's absolutely, I mean, how can he say I wasn't acting in commerce? He was actually. He was absolutely acting in commerce, and he gave his consent to be governed by that. So, he, I mean, he, yep. he's agreed to it. He's latched himself. He's got joinder, man. Yeah, once you got joinder, and I mean, all all laws apply to you. All all statutes and codes apply to that, you know, to that so-called name. Yep. So, what's what's the issue? And, and again, not having read the case, I would say. The reason there, there's probably something to do, since it's a civil rights issue, it, it has something to do with the 14th Amendment and who that properly is for. I mean, I, I haven't read it, but I'm just that's complete speculation on my part. I've got a question for you guys. Go ahead, JC, take it. Oh, I've got a question. One, one big thing. One second. One big thing is uh, if. If you want wish to deal with the traffic stop right there, ask them as soon as they ask you for your license, registration, and proof of insurance. Ask them if they're going to use any of that against you in a court of law. And if you really want to get Did real you? technical about it, have a contract written saying that they won't ready for them to sign. Yeah, but he was talking about, were you reading some off the chat board? No. Okay. I mean, that's true, too, but that's a license issue, too, you know? Got a question for you guys. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, uh, down here in Texas, they have dry counties that can't sell alcohol. But they also, somebody got pretty wise and started scheming, and they also have private associations. And the private associations is centered around the bar. And people who want to drink can join this private association and go into this bar and drink as much as they want as long as, you know, there's somebody there to take them away. And the state can't come in and do a damn thing to them. And the county can't do it. And a city can't do it. And the Department of Public Safety can't do it because they're a member of an association. And the government can't impair a contract. Right. So that is the sneaky way around. You can't do this because you're a person under statute. Is to have a private association agreement that you can do this. You want to hear another uh, cool way somebody got around that once? I thought oh, this yeah. was funny. There was a guy that pissed off the mayor of Orlando. And there's a, a chicken wings place down there. I think it was, a, yeah, it was chicken wings. They had like really freaking hot chicken wings. But uh, we used to go there after work and everything, and they would not give this dude a liquor license. He could not get a beer license. <laughs> they just hated this guy. Um, so what he did, he's like, oh, okay, I got it. He goes and he gets a keg of beer. He taps it, and he sets a bunch of styrofoam cups up next to it, and he puts a little sign that says, a beer for a donation of X amount of money. <laughs> he was given the beer away. Make a donation yeah. for the cup. He was taking He was charging he was asking beer. for a donation for the cup. Yeah. 
<laughs> taking a gift. I thought that was funny. It worked too. They, were, they couldn't do anything to them about it. Yeah, the private contract clause or the contract clause in the United States Constitution is probably one of the most powerful uh, things that they put in there in the entire Constitution. And they say that it doesn't apply. Do what, sir? I said they say that it doesn't apply, but there's evidence around you everywhere of private contracts that are vibrant today. So Mm -hmm. their claim is bogus. Well, you know, the interesting thing about that, I mean, you really can approach that from two different ways in their world. You could say it's because they can't intrude on a private contract, but in in the natural rights side, which everybody calls common common uh, law, you, your rights in where mine begin. So if I want to hire you to mow my yard, who are you to come over and tell me I can't do that? You know, like or who who's the, somebody else come over and say you can't mow my yard and I can't pay you to do it? And and who is somebody else who thinks that they can be elected by Jim or Tommy? And because he wants to be represented, that they can go and pass some legislative act that says I have to hire their brother, Timmy, to mow my yard, that I can't hire you. It, I mean, it's just, it, it's really, you know, like their own doc, it's self-evident, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident. I mean, they were recognizing natural, the natural order of things and natural rights. And uh, I think a lot of people have actually forgotten that. You know, uh, if I may, J.C., we were talking about this today. I mean, how many times have you heard people go around and say, man, I got God-given rights, man. I got God-given rights. And then 45 seconds later, they're like, the Constitution. I got constitutional rights. Man, do you have constitutional rights or do you have God-given rights? you you gotta, you got to pick a side there. If you have constitutional rights, you're mistaken because there, there aren't any. Um and I'll even look at if that there were, they wouldn't apply to you. Okay. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's no, like asking they look a, at it differently. It's like asking a... You know, it's I like did. asking a debt... Hold on. I'm sorry, sir, but the, whoever said um, I look at that differently, he was kind of first, and if, if you don't mind, buddy, can you wait until he gets done with his statement or question? And then you go can... Go ahead, brother. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Thank you. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. The reason I look at it that differently is because it comes from two different jurisdictions. God gives you rights, mm-hmm. and, and a constitution was constituted to secure those rights for you. Uh-uh. But, Not for but you. they don't give you anything. The, the constitution doesn't give you any rights. It just secures the rights that God already gave you. And the constitution, no, the constitution. is a check and charge against government, not against its people. Well, that's actually a misnomer. The Constitution wasn't created for you or I, and it doesn't it doesn't secure anything for you. It secures nothing for you because it has it's a private this is what I was kind of explaining before to the uh to the other gentleman earlier when he was asking me about public. It does go public, don't get me wrong, but the United States is a private. That's a company owned by the Crown. I mean, it's their companies, guys. You can go on Manta.com and you can look them right up, and you can find out who the owners are. And 
you know, there, it's the Constitution was created. Actually, it was adopted. It wasn't even created by the people who signed it. It was adopted by them because it was created by an outside power, probably the Vatican. And uh, when they signed on to that, they adopted it. But, you know, do you know what a caffeinum is, sir? Uh, give me a definition. A caffeinum is just basically means a capital letter. Like when you take and you, when you, like, and we the people, you'll notice the W and the P are capitalized instead of lowercase. So when you capitalize that P, it becomes a proper noun, which means the we is descriptive of the people. Who's we? Well, the people that signed it. They literally are signing a contract with one another, and they pledge to themselves, you know, like they said in the Declaration, they pledge to themselves their uh, life, fortunes, and sacred honor. It's not, it was secured for them and their posterity. You know, if you're man, you're under God's kingdom, and your covenant or constitution is the Bible. And all of the laws and the bylaws and the courts, I mean, the Bible has courts set up. It has a courtroom procedure. It has how to work out uh, contract disputes, everything. That was where your rights are secured, if you're man. If you wish to be a person, you would then fall under the Constitution. However, it still doesn't apply to you. Um, it applies to, again, the people that signed it. Because only the, the only person that a contract applies to is those who are signers. If you didn't sign a contract, like, again, we'll go back to the lawn mowing. If I hire you to mow my lawn, Susie next door can't come over and tell you how to do it. If we sign a piece of paper, it has nothing to do with Susie. She's a third-party interloper. So when and, – and, you know, the government website's very clear about what it takes to be a U.S. citizen. There's only one way to become a U.S. citizen. I'm really not going to argue that point. You can just go, everybody can go read it themselves if they dispute it. You have to go into a court of law and you have to swear allegiance to the United States and forsake any and all other kingdoms, including the kingdom of heaven. You have to pledge yourself to the liege of the United States. And, uh, but even then, you're not signatory. You're, you're acting, when you pledge, you're just becoming a surety for the debt of those who are signatory. So that's your benefit, is to pay off their debt that they run up. But uh, <clears throat> hold on. Right, right now, hold you're on. only acting. Hold on. Hold okay, on. go ahead. All right. On the Internet, you can go to constitutionsomething.org, or so, I don't know what the ending is, and they will allow you to sign the Constitution with three or four different scripts. Yeah, I'm not familiar with anything like that. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah. The other I mean, I don't I don't even see how that's possible because the original constitution was probably destroyed in 1812 or 1813 somewhere in that area cuz during because they burnt the White House and all its original documents to the ground and actually when you get right down to it, they're not even under the constitution anymore. They're actually under the they were went back after war of 1812 technically they probably went back to the original contract, which would have been the Virginia Land Act or the Virginia Company, and uh, and then they went under the Trading with the Enemy Act. So, I mean, it even gets more convoluted. But go ahead, sir. How many of you guys out there um, realize that the the word you is an accusatory plural? 
instead of a singular. It's like that. Uh, it's like the movie. It's like the movie Taxi Driver. You guys, you know the guy, you know, uh, talking in the mirror. He was saying, "Hey, uh, you know," he was pretty much saying, "You talking to me? Are you talking to me?" You know. Is like, that you, Jedi Mike? Yeah. Okay, I thought I recognized your voice. How you doing tonight, buddy? Good, Brody. How How about you? Pretty good, man. Did you? Were you the other guy that was wanting to ask a question? Yeah, but I lost my my my. I I got a brain fart. I kind of forgot what, what I was gonna ask. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. If you remember it, just let us know. That's cool. <clears throat> I mean, it's it is important to note that. It's just simple contract laws, all it is, guys. If you didn't sign it, then it's not for you. And then the laws of English apply. I mean, it, it, when it becomes a proper noun, it's dealing with somebody. And, uh, I mean, I can't really say it, it. Well, I'll say it like this. It's my opinion, and I just happen to be correct. I'm not trying to be rude. It's just the Constitution doesn't grant anything. It's like, it's like George Bush said. The Constitution is just a piece of paper. You know? That's right. That's right. And then people, and, and you want to know something? People got all mad because he said the truth. Surprising. Surprising. Well, it also goes back to uh, think about the Civil War. And there are a couple of really interesting points about the Civil War. And one of them is that war was declared. And the second one is that there was no treaty of peace that was ever made. The third one is that I don't remember the exact date right now because uh, I'm not up on my facts with this, but there was a certain day where the Southern delegates walked out of the House of Congress and the Senate <clears throat> and to go form their uh, you know, Confederate government. And when they did that, they basically nullified the Constitution. And after the Civil War, the Southern delegates were brought back to Washington at the point of a gun. Um, <laughs> and so everybody hears about, you know, we talked about earlier, taxation without representation, consent of the governed. So there can be no legitimate government when it's, you know, forced upon people by the barrel of a gun. Not only that, when you read Articles of Confederation, the United States is defined as um, the United States of America in Congress assembled. So when you had those delegates walk out, the United States ceased to exist because Congress was not properly seated, and that's why they had to move under the war powers. And it was a delegate dance because, you know, Lincoln didn't want to recognize uh, the South as another nation, um, and then you had Jefferson Davis, who was desperately writing the Pope, trying to get the Pope to acknowledge the Southern states or the Confederacy as a separate and uh, equal nation. So there was all kinds of interesting things going on, and uh, it takes a. It, uh, I don't know who the gentleman was, the guy I was just talking to. If you go on to readdressfordummies.org, if you go into the about. Uh, common law shamanism page there's a wonderful section in there called patriotism and other bs and there's uh, two gentlemen i think very highly of and i think you'll really dig them uh the informer is what he goes by the i man 
Um, everything that man ever wrote, he was incredibly smart and a great researcher. And all of his books, all of his documents, everything. And it takes you from point A to point C um, with how the country was founded, who did it, where the documents are, the books you can look it up on, the page numbers. He quotes everything. And then there's another gentleman, James Montgomery, who ties it all in to uh, the Vatican and the canons, which is exactly what you're under. The United States is a church. It's set up like a church, and the court system is set up like a temple. Um, it just It's just a fact. And you can see the parallels um, with the canon laws and the UCC code. And, that, that, again, that falls back to Babylon. There's your Babylonian system of uh, control. Hey, uh, JC, Shaman, the, um, the Libra Code that was written in 61, I think it was 61, could you expand it on was. that and, and how that's relevant today? Um, okay, so the Libra Code is a military, and it's actually still the military code of war. Yep, it's still in effect. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely still in effect. <laughs> and one of the things that's real interesting about the Civil War is that um, I don't remember exactly the articles in the Libra Code, but I think it's either two or three, and then 34 and 36 or 37. Uh, but in those three specific articles, it's talking about property and where property is going to go and how that is determined uh, whenever the Treaty of Peace is signed. And so the Libra Code is basically one of the first steps that they made um, into creating a mixed war in the United States. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Libra Code is exactly what they expound on to do things like the Trading with the Enemy Act. It's exactly why they believe if you don't wish to pay taxes or if you try and become a tax protester, you know, you're a seditionist. And it's not just the Libra Code, it's also the 14th Amendment. And so it's, it's those two things put together. Um, and I think it's really interesting when people look at the Bill of Rights um, and then the amendments to the Constitution. But, uh, you know, the first 10, the first Bill of Rights, the 10 give you rights. And <clears throat> this is something I wish to expound on earlier when we were talking about voting and taxation without representation. Uh, so if anybody goes to their state constitution, uh, what is the right to vote in your state constitution? And every state constitution has a section just on voting rights, and it's the right to suffrage. Like they are literally telling you in the constitution that if you vote, you are choosing to suffer the government that that uh, is in power. That's yeah, because remember, the there's no slavery. Yeah. So, you know, and that's just another really big standout there clue that all of this is consensual. If you pull back your consent in the proper ways, then you can start moving in other ways. And to, uh, if I may expound a little bit, the Bill of Rights doesn't even pertain to a 14th Amendment citizen. They, that's why they have civil rights. And if you look at who the 14th, what the 14th, 
why the 14th Amendment was created and who for, I think you'll find that a very interesting study. And that's something that uh, Sean and I might debate on one day because we don't exactly have the same views 100% on that. (laughs) Well, I've got a question about uh, 13th Amendment voting on the 14th Amendment. Hmm? The original 13th (laughs) Amendment said there wouldn't be any uh, lawyer. uh, Nobility. Yeah, titles of nobility. There you go. And did they, with titles of nobility in attendance, vote on the 14th Amendment? Well, here's a... Here's That's a yes or no. That's a yes no, or no answer. A yes or no. no, it's not. It is absolutely yeah, not know. a yes or no answer. Why don't you let us expound on it, and then you can decide. And I'll, I'll tell you this much. I can't give you a yes or no answer because I wasn't there. I can't verify anything. I know what I know through documents, through legal documents that I've researched for years on, but I was never there. I can't tell you, oh, they gathered and they assembled and they did this, and then right after they did that, they wrote this down and this happened. I w- Dude, I wasn't even alive. It's all hearsay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the congressional record of the people in attendance will tell you whether they are lawyers or esquires <laughs> or anything else. So therefore, Here's that's not really just—that's not really just an opinion. That's actual evidence. Here's uh, what's interesting about the Thirteenth Amendment that you're speaking of. First of all, there's no actual proof of it existing. Secondly, all the people that created it and wrote the Constitution or the legislative acts were all admiralty attorneys, most of them. So they were already attorneys that founded the United States. And second, and thirdly, there's a thing called acquiescence, and it doesn't matter if they voted on it. If you don't vote and you just – let's say you don't vote for a legislative uh, representative, okay? You don't, re- you don't vote. But when they tell you to stand up and walk over there and pick that up and mow your yard and you have to have your house this color and you have to have a driver's license, you have to do this, you have to do that, and you do all those things, you've acquiesced to it. It doesn't matter if you voted for it or not. Well, let me ask you this. Absolutely take over. Who is the you that they're speaking to? Whichever Whichever you, you wish. Yeah. Which you you talking about? Actually, the you is the family. Your family, all your family members. No, you. A you could be anything. You can be hey you. Come here. Which you, one? You, I don't know. Hey, you, 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 like. Why do you think? Hey guys, I'll prove it. I'll prove it. Let me prove it to you. You know why they put your last name? Yo, Dawson, brother. You is ambiguous. You, you is ambiguous. They need you to validate that you are you in order for you to make that thing that you are you. You see? That's true. It's a valid That's problem. absolutely it's true. Ambiguous. It's ambiguous, brother. That's right. And it's a person. It, well, you can be a person or not. The you is not just the body. It's it's all. It's not just the man. It's all of the persons with the man. That's what the you is, and that's exactly why it's plural. Because it's yeah, not just be, the body, it's all the persons that go along with it. Yeah, you can be oh. the public the, pu- the public out there. You can be the officers. 
you can be the, you know, it could be anything. You got to mention, hey, who are you talking to, Judge? You talking to me? You know? Yeah, there was a comedian back in the 70s and 80s. He said, you can call me Ray, or you can call me Jay, or you can, look, you use whatever they wish it to be. Yeah, and if you acquiesce to it, or you if you fill out that form, you are you. If you answer to you, you're you. Well, if you so, use your banker's acceptance saying by your first and middle name for mm-hmm. the complete name, you have defined yourself as something other than that all capital letter complete name. Okay. Yeah, because they're going to be talking in a sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Can... Hold on. I agree with that, but what does that what does that have to do with what you just said before? Because you use the plural, an accusative plural. <laughs> it's always so, plural. Right. So when they say you, that automatically means one man talking to another man because only men have ears and mouths to speak and hear. And persons no, don't. Say you, because, if they say you, that's a person no. talking to another person. No. I disagree. Yeah. If you're, if it's a plural, yeah, then fine. it has to be somebody that's else. That's fine. You can disagree. But I can tell you this, in, in my federal case, it said a lawsuit's been filed against you, and guess what? It wasn't I. And I am, man. Yeah, and in, in the legal sense, they're just they're just trying to join uh man with legal person is what they're trying to do. Right. That splits that joinder. Yeah, it's it's Business dairy drawing your word, but it's also it's also not so much ambiguous, but it's a general word. You know, I can use you in many instances and not necessarily bring it to the legal Hey Gus. Can you mute yourself, Gus? Sorry, buddy, it's hard to hear everybody. Sorry it was Al. I apologize. Mute Oh, I thought it was I thought it was Gus. It sounded like him talking. I apologize to Gus. Maybe he'll mute me. How many of you here are state unto yourself? Well, I mean, nobody's arguing that you is not man. So, I mean, I, I don't know. No, I'll move on. What's your, what, I'll are you, move what are you getting to? Okay, I was just wondering what were, your, what were you really trying to get to? Because everybody really kind of agreed with you. Yeah, it's just this overall acceptance that Oh, the Libra Code applies to me because I'm an employee of the government through my person. When actuality, the Libra Code only applies to the employees, the subcontractors, or those who want to volunteer. And it doesn't apply to those who don't want to volunteer, who are not subcontractors, or who are not employees. Because it is a presidential order. The way and presidential that, orders apply to employees. Right. Everybody who's a United States citizen or claims to be is a federal employee. And uh, a yeah, holder I of public agree. office. Yeah, and you're a holder of public office. And that's exactly why they tax you, people who claim to be U.S. citizens. But the Libra Code absolutely applies to everybody who claims to be a U.S. citizen. Because from the perspective that you're arguing... The president is the alien property custodian, and they're acting in a usufruct as a usufruct, and they're enjoying the 
they're taking the public property, right? And they're using the public property. But it doesn't apply to private property, which property is private, so it's really just stating the same thing. So if you're acting as an employee or a citizen, then you are absolutely a you, and you're under the Trading with the Enemy Act and all of the legislative acts and codes, and you have duties, obligations, and privileges. You have no rights. That's why it's impossible for the Constitution. How, it, it, it does, it's, not, it's not even – it was not even written for the normal, everyday fella. It was written for rich property, white property people who signed it. I beg to differ a little bit. Okay. And I'd just like to put this in a foreign perspective. Okay, all these constitutions that I know about on common law lands, right, these are these are actually on how the de facto governments are going to run. It's basically their charter. So it's what they have to recognize operating as a body or an organ, a corporate body or an organ, or corporate body politic, to recognize if they are going to function. It's basically the law for the de facto government to operate under, and if they break that law, they cease to operate under that law, which means if any man or woman who's operating for the government uh, ceases to operate under that, then they're obviously on their own accord. It's no different up here in Canada. I mean, British Parliament wrote your Constitution, British Parliament wrote ours. And up here, many people think that uh, the Constitution 1982 and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms up here was, was separating us from the Crown. And I mean the King Crown, not the Crown Crown, the other Crown. Anyways, it wasn't. It was written by British Parliament. I've had to show people this all the time. We're not independent. We still have a de facto government, just you guys do, right? And uh, they're just corporations. So that, that those constitutions are charters to which that corporate body politic is to operate under and to recognize and adhere to. It has nothing to do with us. I agree 100%. You know what else is interesting? If you go to Article 11 of the American uh, Articles of Confederation, guess who's part of the United States? Don't say Canada. Canada. That's absolutely true, and that's where it's headquartered, too, is in D.C. Kind of interesting. Yeah, I know. I've looked up our our books and stuff, our yearly uh, (laughs) down there. Uh, Yeah. You tell people that, and they think you're crazy, but... Just read it. I'd like Canada your asses. <laughs> Do what? I always thought Canada owned your asses. <laughs> you were like our sub <laughs> sub company. <laughs> we were Coke and you were Pepsi or something. That's, is that what it was? That's cool. Well, they're, they're uh, all anybody... corporations. That's yeah, absolutely. All that's, why have, that's why they have credit absolutely. ratings and. All, all the United States is is the East India Company rechartered. That's all it is. Essentially, that's that's all it is. So with um, all that said, with with these de facto co- uh, corporations that that run as government for us, their number one law is to protect property. Their number two law is to make money. And the problem is, is that they recognize. You know, because people, due to people's ignorance, they don't recognize that they are 
people act as citizens and part of the corporate body politic, and therefore we have all these citizens run around in their or people run around as citizens in their ignorance, and of course they have control over their own citizens. Because they have a duty to make sure that none of their citizens harm any man or woman of this land. And that's why they have all these statutes and regulations to make sure that no harm comes to any man or woman. But nobody stands up as a man. Well, there is a few of us, isn't there, guys? But there oh, yeah. I just sent you a message, JC. Um, I mean, you know, and this is why we're starting where we're starting. I think that's Al, if I'm not mistaken. Is that you, Al? Yeah, I was just talking. No, it's all right. How you doing tonight, Al? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. Glad to have you. Um, you know, it, it's. This stuff literally just blows people away. I mean, a lot of people on here have heard this kind of stuff. And even when they've heard this kind of stuff, they still, you got to understand, attorneys are putting disinformation out there left and right. Um, and and the, the reality of it is, is who cares about the Trading with the Enemy Act or who cares about the Constitution? Who cares about, I, I don't care about any of that as long as they don't step on my toe. And the way that you prevent them from stepping on your toe is not to attack them or become a seditionist or tell them anything other than, you know, stay off my toe. The way you do it is to change the hearts of men or mankind, starting with ourselves, and then learn what uh, you're dealing with. You know, it's like you have people yell for Pledge of Allegiance and this and that and that and this, and when you explain to them what the word Pledge and Allegiance means – drool starts to come out of the side of their mouth. Or you'll hear somebody complaining about illegal immigrants coming over. Man, the last time I checked, they're just mankind. Why can't they come here? Why can't they go there? I mean, you want somebody telling you where you can and can't go as long as it's not private property? I mean, wouldn't you like to go to France and see something cool or go to South Africa and see something cool? I mean, you really need permission from some entity that was created to quote-unquote protect property well my my right to move where I wish is my property just like my thoughts my hopes everything I think believe that's all my property my family's my property but somehow I've got to go get some special document that allows me to go somewhere I mean it's just it's it, it here's what it leads to they come and they take your kid because they don't they don't think that you can be a mom even though you haven't had a kid in two years and maybe you became a born-again Christian and started helping everybody, and you're the perfect model citizen, if you want to say that. Um, but then they're still going to come take her child and give it to somebody else? Like, who, who, what? And I'm going to say this word properly. What human being would ever imagine they had the authority to do that? That is insane. And if that is where we're at and that is acceptable, that is, like, I don't even know if I'd want to talk to somebody who thought that that was even remotely okay. Like how can, in my mind, I sit and watch stuff like that happen, and even the people that don't understand what we do, how in the hell can they possibly sit by and allow something like that to take place and not do something about it? Even if you believe in government. It's more than that. That's stupid. Yeah, well, that's just flat out stupid. the The basis in law is acquiescence. 
Well, you know what? Consent. When I got busted, when I got busted, my own daughter, my firstborn, and my own mother, both of them, they don't talk that often, but both of them, they live in two different places in the country, both said to me, I said, well, I guess you shouldn't have been doing something illegal. And I thought, geez, thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, my idea this was like a number of years ago. But I thought, geez, and that's my own people. So can you imagine how society just doesn't give a fuck about their neighbor these days? If your own family acts that way? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the general problem is that people don't care enough about each other. And uh, one of the things is, like, somebody was talking about being their own state, a state unto themselves earlier. And, you know, one thing that the shaman and I are trying to actively uh, work on is actually being a church and uh, setting up a church and having it be an unincorporated association. In that way, it's not like we're asking the state permission to go create something. We're just going to do it and try and have, instead of just one, a group of people who uh, would be interested in being like-minded and not just to have it in one central centralized location, but have it in multiple, have people do it where they live. Um, so, uh, I don't know, I think Sean, the shaman might have something more to say about this. Well, let me tell you how you can become your own state and be recognized. Let me tell you how you can become your own state and be recognized. It's not that we can become to our own state to be recognized. It's that, uh, we went over this, I believe we went over this last week. We did. Um, but a church is that form of government established by Jesus Christ and his disciples here on earth. See, look, it's already been established. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. The church is a separate form of government, not only in law, but even the legal society uh, accepts that. So, you know, a free state is just a state. Do what? Unless you're a corporate church. Yeah, but I'm not talking about it. That's not a church. That's a joke. That's not a church. Okay, I don't, I'm not ascribing to that. I'm talking about the true church. The true church as established as by Christ, who is not under government, who doesn't believe in titular government. I mean, it's the whole idea of being a 501c3 church and bending your knee to Caesar and placing an American flag over your king's flag, if you want to say, even though Christ didn't. Christ didn't create the, uh, quote, Christian flag and would never fly it anyway. But, I mean, the idea of the Christian flag being on a flagpole and then you place another sovereign state above it and then think that you're following that king is ridiculous. I mean, that's just – I don't even understand how that that can't even be seen. I'm not saying hate the United States. I'm saying, guys, if that American flag flying over the Christian flag, we know who's in charge of that building. And, the, and, and I'll just say it now, and, and anybody wants to challenge it, that's fine. The Bible does not teach to bend your knee to government and kings. It says to follow the higher power. Well, who's the higher power? Jesus Christ. And it says you can't serve two masters. 
you know, God allows government to punish the wicked. That's what the it, it, that's the only purpose of government is to punish the godless and to keep the godless so, under control. So nobody wants to know about the Treaty of Montevideo, 1933, and the declaratory method of achieving statehood. No. Well, I mean, here you're going. See, you're saying, how do you achieve statehood if you're adhering to the state's idea of what statehood is? You're not this is an international treaty, sir, not a state. I don't. It's still a status. Of, uh, you're still a, have status. It's still a status point of view. I don't care about international treaties. I'm not international. I'm just man. God didn't create international persons. He created man. And the form of government I wish to be under is the church. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's my kingdom. And that kingdom supersedes any treaty. This is my father's planet. Yeah, so so why would you want to why would you even want to hear or sign on to or be a part of some quote unquote international treaty? That's the stuff David Williams peddles. Well, it gives you recognition and all the uh, I have recognition. who signed the treaty, and the United States is a member. I have recognition. So, so United States right. would have to recognize you since they are a member of that treaty. If they give you the opportunity to take a uh, declaratory route to declare yourself a state, then they would have to accept the outcome. Why would you want to be a state? Because you can. Well, I am a state. No, hold on, hold on. Let's just one-on-one, hold on. Why would you want to be a state? I can be a welder. I'm asking you why you want to be a state. Do you want to be man with, with sovereign rights under the creator, or do you want to be a state, which is a person under international treaty, so that you think that that's going to cause the United States to leave you alone? Did they leave Japan alone? Did they leave Syria alone? Did they leave? I can go down the list, dude. But those that international states, treaty doesn't mean anything. It's just anything, a piece of paper. You uh, you stated uh, countries that weren't in the treaty. <clears throat> it, you, they're still they're sovereign in, nations. Listen, they're, they're still sovereign the nations, aren't they? Well, well, yeah, but in in the lens of the Treaty of Montevideo, nineteen thirty-three, those were not active, declared or recognized states. Okay, well, let me ask you this: I'm I'm out. The United States is okay with me, and I'm not listed as a state under international treaty. They're not pissed at me. They're not landing helicopters on my head. Yes. you got to put the qualifier in there because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Dude, I don't know if I'm going to get hit by a Mack truck tomorrow. I don't, I don't well, care. What, what do I you mean, have what to I'm do telling you, the future of, of anything? Because I live in the present. I live in the present, and I know That's what happened at court. Right. That's right. So I don't care. <laughs> I know what I did at court. I know how it was handled. I spoke to the proper people. Everything's fine. Who is attacking I, you, sir? Who is attacking does it, does, you? Nobody's attacking me. That's exactly right. Let's state that up front, okay? 
Because it's not like you you're, were. you're on the defense about an attack. Honestly, I'm just saying. I'm not. And but you're the that's one that's not the way I perceive it. That's not the way I perceive it, though. Well, that's fine if you don't perceive it that way, but I'm not being aggressive. You are. Really? If you want to be, yeah, if you want to be in a state and you want to read all those international treaties and documents, that's perfectly fine. Do as you wish. I don't, there's no need for me to do that. I've already declared who I am. I know who I am and they know who I am and everybody's cool with it. And I can't tell you what they're going to do. I can't make anybody be righteous or good or honest or truthful. If they want to act in dishonor and they mean whoever you are because they are the same people as you. Um, whatever they're going to do is what they're going to do. All I can do is what I can do. Correct. And I could care less. Yeah, I could care less about any 1933 document written by some other man that th- I'm, I don't care. I have my own belief. Let me ask you about belief then. Earlier you stated that Christian Bible is the only true law applicable to man. That assumes that everybody who is in common law of man is a Christian. What of those those religions who do not acknowledge the Christian Bible or Jesus Christ? Are they suddenly vaporized into microscopic little globules, or are they man also? Well, actually, if you go back and you listen to how I started it and prefaced everything, I said a qualifying statement. Do you remember what I qualified my statement was? Nope. I said according to my belief, which is a Judeo-Christian belief, which is predominantly what this country was founded by, this is what I believe. What do you believe about those that aren't Christian who are men? I... What I don't understand, can you, what do you mean by, what are you asking me exactly? So using the qualifying belief that you stated, what of those people who are man under the common law of man, but who are Mm -hmm. not Christian and who do not believe in Jesus, the Bible, or anything of that nature? I mean, uh, somebody who's uh, a Sunni or a Shiite or or Buddhist, who's well, in a common law in, country, are, are they, they lesser they're of, not in, of man? They're not in a common law country. Oh, yeah, well, there's Buddhists in the United States, there's Buddhists in Canada. <clears throat> well, you said Sunni. Right? Sunnis are not Sunnis are not common law countries. They don't live in no, common law I'm countries, unless they come here. I'm ta- sir, I'm talking of the religion of the man in common law in a common law country who is not Christian, but who is Sunni or Shiite or any of the mm-hmm. other 900 religions that aren't Christian, do they, they disappear and are not relevant because they don't believe in Christianity? What in the world would have ever made you think I ever stated anything like that or even remotely close? Well, I'm asking like, you. Like, where in the world would you pull that out of, and why would you even ask me that? Do I think people can follow God's law and not be a Christian? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think that they can understand right and wrong without actually giving their life to Jesus Christ? Yeah, it happens all the time.
me. I ask him a question. Sure. Me or him? Him. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. Sir, do you know the difference? Do you know the difference between man and men? An individual subset of men is a man? Well, no. Um, In in your your opinion? This is all my opinion, okay, from what I've learned and experienced. But if you you read books like, oh, I don't know, let's let's just say David and Goliath, right? You know... David, being the least of man, took on the greatest of men. All right? Goliath being part of men, and David being the least of man. Now, David also uh, lived in in, uh, um, with the Philistines and was protected by uh, one of the rich men of the Philistines at one time when his king was after him. Right? So men and Men and man can live together within the same society. But the common law societies and all of them, and if you look carefully, you'll find out that that, that you're, you guys down there and us up here, we both recognize the supremacy of God. And if God made man and man made government, who is the supremacy of God that the government recognizes? So <clears throat> I am already my own state, and I'm, I'm in the state of man. Right, and when I go to court, I make sure that's established at court, because the only one that can come and and, and accuse me or come and talk to me uh, mano a mano is another man. All others are beneath me, because the state recognizes the supremacy of God. I don't know if you actually followed that or not, but that's the best way I can put it out. Yeah. Well said. I, uh, well, down, here, I never... down here in Texas, the Constitution, the state says that you don't have to believe in a Christian God, but you do have to believe in a, a single God. Now, this is paraphrase. This isn't an exact quote. So anybody who is a, uh, a Hindu can't do anything in the state as far as uh, state actors. Because it's expressly required that you believe in a single God. Wow. Right. That's part of your Judeo-Christian heritage, and what's wrong with that? That's the the Judeo-Christian nations that we both live in. All our laws were were, uh, propagated by that belief that there is one God. So, like, if if men come come over to these these countries from other lands uh, with many gods or whatever, they have they have the right to to see God in their own image, uh, whatever they believe in. But that doesn't give them the right to start forcing their customs and laws down our throat, because we have a history of of like our laws are based on the Judeo Christian writings. Where everybody well, recognizes that a man has, no matter what his title. I believe that um, like I, I, this I is one of the I reasons. With Gus I, I, I believe that this is one of the reasons why the freedom of belief is is the most 
should be the most widely exercised right because you have the right to believe whatever you wish to believe and you have the right to exercise that belief in private as well as in public. Um, I know, for instance, India is a common law country as well and India has a lot of Muslims and a lot of uh, Buddhists and I would even imagine some Hindus. Uh, And it's not as lax of a common law system as Australia or Canada or um, the United States, but it's still fundamentally a common law system. Another thing I was thinking about earlier was uh, France with the civil law. They have codes in France, and sometimes attorneys like to say that the common law is uh, the the case law, but the case law is only there for the code annotated so that it has a uh, common law sounding like uh, principles, Um, you know, basically precedent. So, but if you go over to France, they have case law, the same type of things on their statutes and their constitutions, and that's still working under the civil law. Uh, for, I think I'm uh, going to call it a night for tonight. Thanks, yeah, everybody, I mean, it's been, for coming out. It's been a yeah, thanks a lot, guys. All right, we're you know, we're just at the, we're just over the two hour mark, and uh, I was asking to keep these short. So uh, we're going to get together on Wednesday, and again on Wednesday we're going to post something up on the um, the study guide column on the left side of the website that you guys can check out. Thank you all for being here. Um, good good to hear from you, Al. And I see that uh, Ed's on here and Steven's on here. And uh, if you guys got time tomorrow, maybe we can get together with JC and Shaman because uh, I'd sure like to introduce you guys to each other. So uh, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Great. Thank Thanks you. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you.